This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Daddy, I never heard of Birmingham City before. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Edge of the box, Adoma in towards Kodja, and Kodja rounds the keeper and scores! It's a sumptuous goal from Kodja. It always seems to be him for Villa. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. And joining me, it's always a pleasure... Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground. Welcome. Thank you. What's happening in your life, Dan? Well, new technology has uh, made this podcast possible, so I've got I've got a VTech now, um, just to make sure. I think I've been through every piece of technology to get us to where we are and go for the old reliable three to five range. I borrowed it off Chadron. Does this mean we're going to be regular now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't make the, such big promises. <laughs> People get irate. People write in. People uh... they don't. They don't write in. It's not like points of view. <laughs> Anne Widdicom sat behind a chair. Well, we get email. We get emails and uh, we get tweets. funny little tweet. Uh, sorry, yeah, funny tweets with uh, waiting for the Mayo Man said podcast is like, and then a picture of a skeleton in the chair, <laughs> which is actually how we look after we've recorded. Yeah, that's actually pretty much how we look doing this podcast. When was the last time we went into an international break having having won a game of football? I'd love to know. Uh, I don't God, know. Seventies, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's come actually come at a pretty bad time for uh, Mr. Brucey. He's actually got uh, the results flowing and. Mm. Uh, the confidence hang on, hang on, hang on. building. Normally, no, 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 no. Normally, we'd be going. It's a good time. It's time to regroup off the back of nine straight defeats, and then in, invariably we would just lose anyway on the other side. But no, no. This is we've got to be positive. This is this is progress. This is progress. We're on. This is the promotion push. That hundred to one. It's nothing. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about it later. But We're in coming. terms of the in terms of the international break, obviously, uh, no England players. There probably won't be another Villa England player for at least a decade. Jack Grealish. 
Actually, we're going to listen to a question about him later on. Our main representation nowadays is in the Welsh team, uh, which, uh, you know, considering how well they mm. did in the Euros, it's, it's not a bad uh, flag to be waving at the moment. But also, we have one special superstar, mm. yes. uh, Mr. Bakuna, who's off to, uh, is it Kiraso, the national team that actually founded in 2011? Probably especially for him, actually, because he was never going to get in the Dutch team. It was previously the uh, the Dutch in, in Tilly's, was it not? Yeah, I'm not. Has anyone actually checked this place exists? Because it's the kind of thing that you see, like, you know, like on like a Ryanair route map that you think, who actually, <laughs> these places, actually, who's, are these planes going anywhere, you know? Are these just dark planes? Well, I don't know. Spaces? Apparently he scored, four, he scored four goals in six appearances for this team. Uh, but I think it's, it's West, it would be around uh, the Caribbean way, isn't it? If, if my knowledge of uh, Dutch colonisation uh, has any credence. Well, there'll only be Bakuna for sheep and, you know, a palm tree there, I'm sure. Anyway, in news uh, that we relate to Villa, or try to relate to Villa, because we like to talk to about other things outside the Villa universe, because the Villa universe uh, hasn't exactly been that expansive this season. No. So, what were your thoughts on uh, former Villa boss Mr Sherwood's... Uh, <laughs> Well, it came to light that his touchline ban that he uh, ran, I think it was uh, early February, or mm-hmm. it was sometime in February, the actual referee has kind of spilled the beans of what, what exactly uh, was said to him, which uh, basically called him a fucking mag, didn't he? <laughs> only 12 times. Yeah, you're the only... <laughs> you're the only... <laughs> in the ground that's... Seen it, you mug. Uh, it's the most Sherwood thing that if if you were going to sit down and write a script on how you might imagine the words flow through Sherwood's head, that it's perfect. It's like a David Brent style bonkers rant, isn't it? I, I love it because it reinforces what we what we all know about. Well, you, you say we all, uh, but there's, I mean, there is a section of Villa fans that regard him as a uh, hero. And, he, you know, even when he sacked, I remember doing a poll and it was mid-50s that still wanted him to stay. Probably on the basis that he was, he was a character, wasn't he? I mean, he was, he was entertaining, but the football was desperate. There's no getting away from that. We were on the side. Well, no, I mean, he, 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 he was, I mean, he was adrenaline shot in the the first season, but there was yeah. no real plan or anything in place. No, so. no. For the next season, that obviously saw us get relegated. I mean, the fact that Swindon are currently in the relegation zone of League One, and mm. uh, they've only won two games and lost in the last twelve games, and those two games were actually when he was banned, <laughs> <laughs> serving his two-game ban. So uh, probably uh, Swindon might want to reach out to the FA and see if they can get him banned for the rest of the season if they want to have a chance at avoiding relegation. Fucking mugs. The next piece of news, I actually missed this. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, and that's uh, Prince William's dad dancing. Yes. Uh, could you uh, expand on that? Uh, well, you know, You're more one for keeping up with the tabloids. <laughs> I like the red tops. Um, no, it's just Prince William, wasn't he? got caught dad dancing in a Swiss resort when he should have been, or what well, the tabloids want to say, he should have been representing the Queen at the Commonwealth Day. But the point is, this is off the back of Villa's return to form. This is... It was partying hard. I mean, when was the last time we won five games in six? Fuck me. If I could swim, I'd be out in the Alps. I'd be, you know, he's rocking out with his cock out. Who, who wasn't after that? You know what I mean? It's just, he's like fucking Commonwealth Day bollocks. 
Villa have won. It's got Hogan head. He's dancing around. That's it. What? That's that's what was going through. All right, that sounds fair enough. Uh, <laughs> did you source this one? I, I think you did. Uh, this kind of relates. Mm-hmm. If you if you listen to the last podcast, uh, which actually was a bit of a. Uh, stopgap one it's one we recorded uh, a, f- a few weeks ago we we discussed at length i think mm-hmm. the answers to uh, dr tony's requests for what some supporters wanted at uh, villa park in terms of improving the uh, match day experience well here's one uh, maybe we should add to the list this is this comes from well hopefully he doesn't take any ideas from this uh, the temple of is it the temple of heaven temple. park in beijing yeah the temple of heaven uh park in Beijing. Basically, and, and I don't think this is such a bad idea, in fact, I might tweet Dr. Tony after this because everyone else seems to t- tweet him inane shit. Basically, we're going to get, Tony's going to get us installed toilet roll dispensers that are operated on facial rec- recognition, and what this will do, it will revolutionise toilet roll dispensing in the halt end. No longer will you have to wade through bits of toilet paper stuck to your shoe with other people's feces and little bits of wee because <laughs> it, it will it will stop it and it will give you just the right amount and this that's the wonder of this machine well it to give it just give it some context the, uh, right the temple of heaven park was <laughs> obviously not happy with the overuse of toilet rolls so they wanted to kind of control the use People of toilet rolls stuffing their pockets with toilet rolls listen this is a stock control issue of you imagine what I tell you what if we don't make it back next season there's championship cutbacks this will be the first thing you'll see appear in Renville Park because you're not coming and having a having a big whopping balty pie dump and, and getting it on the free you know you, you'll be using your napkin I'm telling you <laughs> but this is quite serious because this machine if we use the same manufacturer it's nine minutes before you can approach the machine again and get one more out so <laughs> <laughs> well, so, is it, so so after the initial dispensing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this so, is sorry. This this was a, a fail-safe for just in case it, you had diarrhea, isn't it? No, no. You have to approach a member of staff who will override with uh, with a face of Remy Guard to uh, dispense a fresh length. <laughs> so sorry, just to clear this up. After your initial dispensing, then you have to wait nine minutes to get any more. Yeah, so use those sheets wisely. And probably uh, lay off the Balti pies if you want to avoid uh, any embarrassment. The main kind of football, football uh, news that, uh, as opposed to football news, well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an annual, it's even more than once a year. It's uh, three or four times a year, there's Wenger out, Wenger in, uh, Civil War between uh, Arsenal fans uh, I mean it got to a ludicrous uh, dimension in the last game when uh, there was two planes flown over <laughs> one in support one against him I mean that kind of pretty much sums up Arsenal fans uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, I mean the amazing thing is uh, when he was appointed the Villa manager was Brian Little I mean this, this is he was appointed 1st of October 1996 so it's I mean it's pretty amazing the uh, the tenure that he's had there but I mean what's what's your verdict should he stay I think is he going to sign a two year contract well, I was about to say it will be hilarious when that happens won't it because there will be meltdown at Arsenal uh, it's a funny one because you can't argue that he's achieved a lot but they've stagnated badly haven't they they're not they're not a top top European football club and they probably should be with the re- with the resources they've got I mean, they're still making the Champions League. They're just peeing the pants because Spurs are higher than them this season, and they're obviously they're outside yeah. the top four. But they normally claw that back at the end. Yeah, that's that's the measure for them, though, isn't it? That finishing, 
it's kind of like it was that tier above or a couple of tiers above Villa where Villa became happy and with just surviving Arsenal have become happy with just qualifying and I'm not saying Ar- Ar- Wenger doesn't want to to win the thing but his his minimum expectation has become their maximum attainable level hasn't it I guess yeah but the problem is you've got to factor in they've also got to beat Manchester City Chelsea Liverpool, Spurs, Manchester United. It's not like uh, something, oh, Wenger shows a bit of ambition and then suddenly wins. Uh, the th- and then in Europe, I mean, you know, they're getting beaten by the mm. Bayern Munichs and Barcelonas of this world. It's not, it's not. Hey, I'm not going to say They're going after the easy. trophies that are really, mm. you know, they're not easy to get. And, no. you know, they, he cleaned up two FA Cups, which uh, has probably kept him in the job. But then again, mm. who's going to come in and make Arsenal even better? I don't know. It's a, I mean, this isn't. It's not a debate for this podcast, but no. if Finger did leave Arsenal, would you take him at Villa? <laughs> um, well, maybe he could, you know, he could reach out to our, our loanees like Veretout and make them the new Petits or Vieiras. You don't know what. I, well, I would take I him. Perhaps... I would take him. <laughs> I mean, he's not, you're not going to get another twenty odd years out of him, but we're going to get him stored cryogenically, maybe. <laughs> Just wheel him out. But, I mean, he, you know, he used to uh, manage Lansbury, so there's a connection straight away. But isn't it mad? Do you think of the managers we've been through? I mean, just to go back, I can't even... That's a lifetime of watching Villa for some people, isn't it? Yeah. You know, 20-odd years is... You think back to Brian Little, that is like... You know, that's going right back to... I mean, that season would have been when the infamous Hanson quote, wasn't it? About you'll never win anything with kids because he beat Man United, I think, maybe the first day of the following season. Yeah, it was uh, something like three, that. three one. Mark Draper yeah. scored, if I remember correctly. I mean, Mark, Mark Draper. He's dead now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I think. Yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah. no, that's 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 a fake. That's fake news, by the way. That's fake news. Right. Uh, before we go on, we've actually got a, an exciting uh, prize draw for all the My Old Man Said patrons. Well, the prize quite exceptional, actually. I don't know how we managed to swing this one. But it's an all-expenses-paid trip for a whole week to the Dutch Antilly Islands at the bequest of King Bakuna. You'll enjoy a doubleheader as Bakuna's men battle North Korea in the Falkland Islands in an epic doubleheader for World Cup qualification. It'll be an experience like no other. Right, so uh, do you want to call the winner or shall I? You can do it. And the patron winner is Mark Westmoreland. Yeah, congratulations, Mark. We'll uh, oh oh hang, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Sorry, the pro- producer is saying something in my ear. Ah, okay. Yeah, apparently uh, Mark isn't a patron anymore, so uh, that's a bit oh, of a shame because the competition is only open to existing members. Oh. Uh, well, we haven't got time to redraw the prize, so uh, you know, if you want to go down, just uh, just say so. Oh, okay. Well, I've never been to North Korea before, so. We'll book you in. Yeah, well, that, that solves that problem. As long as you leave your laptop behind, uh, I'll look after it for you. Oh, anyway, you. Uh, if you want to become a mom's patron and uh, support the show and the website and everything else, go to myomansaid.com and uh, look on the patron on the menu bar. We've actually uh, we've got a real prize uh, for patron members uh, in the rewards draw. I've actually, by a kind donation by one of the uh, current patrons, he's uh, given us three £20 vouchers, Aston Villa vouchers, so uh, there's going to be three lucky winners of those, uh, which I'll probably draw at the end of the month. Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. 19th of February. I didn't buy Aston Villa for business purpose. It's only one firm losing money. 
I never expected making money from it. Mourning is easier and not louder than action. February 19th. Felt insulted. One. Para. Uh, money. Can't even cover half wages. Two. Chose Roberto Di Matteo. Not for European Cup title. Sack not just caused by poor results. Three. First need was a man with guts. 25th of February. Can't find words expressing feelings now. Thanks for standing together, going through the most difficult spell. March 11th. Great win with another clean sheet, but want to see more attacking solutions and less injuries so we can get more matches to gel the team. Hashtag OTV. Anyway, let's get on to Villa Matters uh, at hand and uh, front and centre is uh, a remarkable turnaround in form. After nine games without a win, suddenly there's five wins in six. Promotion form. Promotion form. (laughs) Do you know what? When it doesn't matter. (laughs) Do you know what? I think the frustrating thing about the last five or six games is, bar the Huddersfield performance maybe, you know, it shows you all those drop points, all those late goals... Or, you know, that clutch of games. I mean, f- forget about the Di Matteo bit. But that clutch of games through January where we just couldn't get it together. Imagine if we'd have... You, you put six points on our total now. A couple of wins in, in that period. You go to February and we lost... The only home games we've lost this season. And, you know, our home form at the moment is currently the ninth best in the league. So it's it's not that much to write home, home about. Mm. Uh, it's far, far too many draws. But, uh, mm. you know, we lost against Ipswich and Barnsley at home. Was it back-to-back? I think Barnsley, they're like ranked 23rd almost. I think it's only Rotherham above them on form now. And you think, oh, God. So, like, you know, win. take those, even those, just those six points and, uh We'd have a you know, real run at it, wouldn't we? But, I mean, I, you know, I was at the Rotherham game uh, as an example. And, you know, that game could have gone either which way in terms of results. I mean, the fact that Villa needed uh, an own goal to kind of set up the win was kind of indicative of, for my money, and I didn't go to the Wigan game, but a couple of uh, people I've you know spoken to about it said it was pretty similar to the Rotherham game. Wigan could have been uh, ahead before Villa scored. So it's not as if we're turning up and just, you know, running through these teams convincingly by, you know, playing decent uh, football and having an actual... Again, it's still the grinder man, which uh, I might start to call Steve Bruce. The, gr- <laughs> the grinder man. That's not a that's not a nice image, to be honest. Is Steve Bruce grinding? Um, <laughs> but bringing that quickly back, I think I, I don't mind how we win, and I don't think it'll be pretty. Don't get me wrong, uh, you win, you win. But mm-hmm. look who we've played. I mean, in in those yeah. five games, Rotherham, Wigan, Bristol City were all in the bottom three before we played them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Huddersfield uh, are obviously third. They beat us, and Derby hadn't won in five before we played them. And the only notable win is obviously against Sheffield Wednesday, and, and that was obviously uh, they were down to ten men at one stage as well. Yeah. I, so I, what I'm saying is, does know. does this run suggest that we could, uh, and the way we're playing, more importantly, suggest you know, for example, we could win out this season or do well next season? I, at the moment, I don't think it does. No, I, I don't. It's think a stepping can, stone. Yeah, I, I don't think you can necessarily say that with a finished article because I, 
I mean, there's some listener questions that are coming up talking about, well, what, what's the plan regarding transfers? I think you can see already that we haven't got that strength in depth that when we get a couple of injuries, you know, with, due, with all due respect to the gardeners of this world, they, they don't, I don't think that they're going to be the players who propel us into the, into being automatic promotion contenders because I think that's got to be the aim next season, hasn't it? That we're not. We're going to win the away. league. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I, I've had enough uh, already of what's been happening. Uh, I mean, especially this season, but next mm. season, considering all the money that's been spent, we, we've got to go for the league. We've got to win it. I, I would agree, and that the top's got to be our aim. What I think, the, the the real good positive thing that we need to take from the last group of fixtures is we've we've predominantly winning them. We've got to get a winning mentality back into the club where it doesn't really. We've got to, we've got to take the view that we can beat, or at very least compete with everybody. Because the worry with some of the games, particularly around the top sides before the turn of the year and into the early part of the new year, was we didn't beat any of the teams that were getting in and around the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this this is what I'm saying. Uh, it's okay having a good record against the bottom three or six teams, but if you're not beating. Uh... I have to dig deep for my memories of how I felt going to Villa like in the the 80s and the 90s where you pretty much, you know, you'd look at games against Spurs and Everton and you'd expect Mm -hmm. to beat them. Yeah, I mean, the reality of our situation is that we don't sound like a Martin O'Neill quote, really. We're a million miles from that at the moment and we've got got to be beating the Huddersfields of this world. Again, with all due respect to them, um, you know, they, they turned us over and they got spanked by Bristol City. Yeah. yeah, no. This is. I mean, this is the thing. Uh, playing us, and you think that—that's the annoying thing that we haven't got that. We haven't walloped anyone, and we haven't yet put together ninety minutes of football. That seems to be a pretty universally accepted thing. We haven't put together a ninety minutes where you think, bloody hell, this is this is coming together. That's got to worry Bruce. But then he probably thinks, I've had one transfer window. It took me six weeks to start to gel something. We've had a horrendous run of injuries. I think our injury luck has been. Shocking! I really do think it's been shocking. Yeah, well, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday had were missing their spine when we played them. They were, they were, and they had the sending and, off. You know, everybody and, has. I mean, you know, excuses, excuses. As people, we we've had, uh, we've spent over seventy million. Most teams, I mean, that's more than anybody in the championship. And you look at the forests of these, you know, forests problems, and they've turned us mm. over. Bristol City, Barnsley, you know, they've all managed to beat us this season. Yeah, I mean, we can we can look back and focus on that. There's often some singular moments in those games. I mean, just yeah, but I've, I've watched. I mean, I've, I've watched Villa with my own eyes, and mm. the majority of the performances have been terrible. Like, well, that's really why we're bad. not going to get promoted. And th- there's been too many of those games where, yeah, you know, in amongst the last five or six, there's certainly been examples of where we've we've been fortunate. I wouldn't say we've had a lot of luck this season, but then I, I do prescribe to the view that you make your own luck as well. So we've got to be a better team next season, definitely, and that's why we've got to use the final games of the season to get... I think the example is, and it's a big leap again, is that Leicester City type thing where they picked up towards the back end of their championship winning season and they carried yeah. it through. That's got to be the... I don't know. Well, you, I mean, you, yeah, you want you want camaraderie, but you also, you know, you want, you want to be playing good stuff. I remember, like, True. when... You saw Leicester when they came up in the season that they survived by their skin of the teeth. But at the start of the start of that season, they were going after teams, and mm-hmm. I think they got beat. Was it they got beat by United three two? Some mm-hmm. crazy game was it Old Trafford? I can't remember. But they were taking games to teams, and they were playing really well. You know, you'd watch them on match of the day, just the highlights, and you go, bloody hell, they were unlucky. And that was the thing; they they were just unlucky in terms of results. And when it came to the back end of the season, and they, you know, they romped to safety, it wasn't that much of a surprise because they were actually playing really well all through the season. They were just missing the results, and that's what I'm kind of uh, 
looking for for the end of Villa's season uh, in these remaining eight games is, regardless of results, just show that we can play a bit mm. and suggest that once it clicks and we start, you know, winning by playing this way, that we we, we could mm-hmm. potentially romp next season. Because at the moment, doing it as we are, it's it's you know it's a, it's been a bit scrappy and it relies on a bit of luck and uh, Villa having you know better quality finishers rather mm-hmm. than having a better team per se. So I'd like to take away the the kind of look and the chance and just be better than other teams. I think to close this off, we, we definitely need to step it up probably one, even two gears and, and get ourselves into a position where we're feared. And I think that you, you get become feared by ruthlessly beating teams yeah. um, week after week. And a streak of... it's a, This this will come across a touch arrogance, but, you know, s- s- homing in on teams like your Rotherhams and, and sticking four, five, six past them. Well, yeah. And really, sh- you know, because we haven't looked like walloping anyone this season either. No, I mean, Newcastle have butchered a couple of teams. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the goal differences, uh, both Newcastle and Brighton are up there plus 30 and there's nobody close mm. to that. Well, we haven't scored nearly enough goals, have we? And, well, uh, one of the lowest scorers. Yeah, so that's always put us at risk if a team scores. Are we going to score two? Well, you know, we've, but no, we've you, covered that off. you hit the nail on the head with the gears reference. I mean, if if Villa have got five gears, I don't think we've been past third gear this season. And maybe only for 45 minutes of football when we have. That's, yeah. that's the frustration. So we need to find that. I know we need to be on that trajectory as we go into the final games of the season and, and emerge after pre-season, hopefully, as a... Um, well, we need to... I mean, one thing we need to do is... Uh, learn how to keep the ball and main, you know, maintain possession better to dictate games. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about some of the factors for improvement. And one thing that's been uh, mooted around is is Yedinak's, uh contribution coming back from injury. Yeah. But he's somebody who uh, he has one of the lowest completion rates for his position in the well, in he, the league. Yeah. He, he's he's guilty of a, of a of a woeful pass as well, and he's. His misplaced passes can often result in the opposition bearing down on our goal. I know it's quite more often than not, particularly since he's moved to centre half. Well, as the, the yeah, the Wigan example being a, a prime one. But uh, I mean, sorry, I'm not knocking him. No, I was going to say. With that said, you, you almost have to park that because he, he represents you know a combative, marauding figure who, frankly, we you know we saw when he was out of the team with his thigh injury. We we had nothing close to a like to like for like replacement for Yedinak. Yeah, I mean that would be. Uh... Top of the list uh, in terms of uh, summer signings, uh, somebody who uh, can you know fill in there. Well, the worry is that if he was to get another injury, uh, particularly the early part of next season, and uh, you know for those people who've been with us since the early part of this of this podcast, Yedinak was away for two long stints of international duty early in his Villa career, and it it, it hampered all kinds of I think our progress and his at the club. The, yeah. the idea of us kicking the season off and then losing him for. A week, ten days is, and and then missing three games is just it doesn't bear thinking about with the current squad actually. Yeah, and I mean Bruce is talking about how playing centre back can give him longevity, but mm. uh, he's not the fastest uh, of players, no. you know. Never mind uh, his age anyway, uh, and mm. if he's. Bruce is talking about him playing, uh, you know, 35, 36, 37. Well, uh, hopefully Villa are going to be in the Premier League uh, when those birthdays come and he's not, he won't have the pace to uh, combat Premier League strikers that tend to be faster and niftier than, uh, you know, your kind of Chris Wood, Chris Woods yeah. of uh, the Championship. Yeah, so I think the centre-half experiment is, is, a, is a good one because it clearly does work. I think it, it does two things for me. It allows us to change our shape 
because yeah. we have to sort of anchor Yedinak in that defensive midfield role. The other thing is I think it tells us a great deal about the other centre-half options at the club, particularly Tommy Elphick, actually. That you, you would expect him to leave, would you? Well, clearly he's second choice to Yedinak at centre-half now. Yeah, well, he, you know, all of the guys were off. <laughs> Mika Richards, yeah, he didn't yeah. get a sniff. No, that's true. I, f- I forgot about him. And Br- Bruce true. was, before. I mean, he got injured straight away, but Bruce had him sniffing in the team, didn't he? Uh, when he first yeah. took over, it was against Wolves. Well, probably like the rest of us, really, because you look at Richards, and I think everyone holds this, uh, certainly myself, when, when he joined, you hold this idea of Richards when he was 17, you know, strong, pacey. Yeah, uh, attack-minded player, and he's never de- he never developed, did he? Really, and for, for, he never came on. So, well, you, you also uh, think, well, okay, Richards not really uh, doing himself any favours in the Premier League, but surely, uh, I mean, he's you know he's he's bloody won a Premier League medal for City, but surely he must be a player yeah. to have in your team uh, in the Championship, which I think Bruce pr- probably holds that thought, but. Whether he's not 100% fit yet, and that's why he obviously was behind Yedinak in that situation, mm. I mean, remains to be seen. But uh, if he is fit, I would be surprised not to at least see him uh, play, uh, you know, a game or two this season, just to see if he's worth holding on to. Uh, and another one uh, would be Sam Johnson, uh, who's, is it five clean sheets in six? Is that the right mm-hmm. maths on the matter? As it stands, that is correct, yes. Uh, I think I made the joke on social media that it looked like he'd actually edited the highlights for the Wigan <laughs> game because the, the first five or six highlights were uh, just him diving Wigan coming at them, yeah. was I mean, was the stick he got harsh when he first came in? I mean, he's a young keeper, new club, club that's in a big mire of uh, shizen, so mm. a lot of pressure on him straight away. And he, you know, it's—I uh, don't know if he'd been my first choice. Out of, I still, mm. I'm still preaching the experienced keeper card. I think we took a huge gamble on on bringing him in. You'd have to think that Bruce was given a tip off from his old contacts at United. The other part of it is, I wonder whether we looked at the available senior, your steady pair of hands type goalkeepers that were available, um, and either we didn't fancy them or they wouldn't come or whatever. What I think was his Johnston's form represented the wider team's form at the time. It yeah. was nervous, it was prone to errors. I, I think he's calmed down in recent games, and, and by that I mean his, that there were a number of his early appearances where he seemed all over the place in the box. And Well, I mean, um, to be to be fair, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was quite good against Spurs in, the, in his first appearance. Yeah, yeah no, I think that what happened was it, it tapered off quickly, didn't it? And, and yeah. what that coincided with was Bruce's we had huge turnover in players and Bruce's you know, desperation to find a settled eleven quickly and, and all, all manner of things going wrong, really. But what you've seen over the last five or six games, though, though he's not necessarily been tested over all those five or six games, I'd say. But we saw against Wigan that it was better. And the, the, the elephant in the room with Johnston is that what's the plan come the close season? Yeah. Because as it stands, we, ha- we haven't got a senior goalkeeper at the club who we can say is the number one, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, well, let's move on. Uh, I, th- I think what, I, what I've seen uh, going... St- Watching Villa over those uh, last six games where we've mm. won is uh, Connor Hurahan getting forward more and uh, yeah. really, you know, even getting past Codger at some times, making those mm-hmm. runs that we've kind of been missing and been complaining yeah. about on this podcast. But I think that's a, a big, big plus. I really, really, really like Hurahan. I have to say that he's he's got a he's direct and he, like you say, he's he's not. The obvious comparison is with what we had before and what we've got now. We've swapped out a Westwood Park and forget all that's been said and done about him. But Hurahan feels like and looks like an upgrade. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He puts he can he puts a ball in, he plays a ball quick, he, and his and his instinct is to go forward. That is that is so refreshing and that's we've talked about Yadinak already. But when it, when we couldn't release Hurahan and, and Lansbury in that sort of group of games we talked about where we were struggling, look at the difference when we can. Yeah. Um. You know he's he's getting assists. It was a lovely short corner and and then across from Hurahan for uh, for Chester's opener. You know and little little things like that. That I I just think we've got a player on our hands. It's no surprise that he's been he's now a bit more in the spotlight. He's he's in the Irish setup and yeah. deserved I think. But yeah, I mean, like for example, in the Rotherham game, which I mentioned earlier on, was kind of could have gone anywhere. He was the mm. he was the the kind of difference uh, around the 60th minute mark where he just you know started to get forward more and really you know take the game to Rotherham more. Yeah, and yeah. that's you know where the chances uh, c- came from. Very vocal as well would be something I've I noticed. Um, you know, the, the games at Villa Park is that interesting. You should mention the 60 minute thing that he seems to. I'm a huge fan of Chester as captain, but he is he is absolutely he's in everyone's face. Villa players, referees, yeah. you know, he's a nightmare, and, and I like that. I like that a lot. Codgers uh, kept going. Uh, is the fifth top scorer now with 15. I think he's after Leeds is uh, mm. man is. I think he has the second highest percentage in terms of contributing to a team's uh, goals. Mm. Uh, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head. I think it's thirty-nine percent. But uh, right, okay. but Kodger, I mean, if he was around for January, I think we probably would have had those extra six points, and uh, he, he would be yeah. a little higher up. Mm. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about him later on uh, in a future podcast in terms of whether he's going to stay and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I don't think he's. Somebody that Premier League clubs will be chasing, you know, crazily, and I think he's getting paid yeah. enough probably to, you know, make him happy to stay. In in a nutshell, yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, Adomar is is kind of the uh, the silent hero at the moment because I think he's had after Hurahan, who's most of his assists obviously came at Barnsley. Uh, Adomar's mm. number two in the uh, the assist charts with ten assists, and he's somebody that hasn't really uh, taken the headlines. Or yeah. the spotlights, and still, I, th- I think he could do a bit more. But uh, I mean, well, there's a question about him. Actually, we'll we'll uh, we'll mm. we'll leave further discussion mm. uh, to that. But overall, anyway, in the last six games, we're numero uno in the championship uh, form book, which uh, it's, it's night and day for, from the previous month. Hundred right. to one for the playoffs. I, I, I don't think it's even worth talking about. Uh, nah, no, no, no. We've managed to. I did the maths in an article. We managed to uh, claw back. Is it eleven points off Sheffield Wednesday? In well, their form has absolutely collapsed, hasn't it? Wednesday in the space of six games, which is uh, you know obviously the amount we're behind them at the moment. Mm-hmm. But Fulham, for example, uh, I think we've clawed back six points. And we're ten points behind them. So if we're uh, yeah. clawing back a point a game against Fulham, that's not going to get us uh, above them come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So it, it would need a collapse from Fulham and Sheffield Wednesday, and and uh, you know Norwich probably as well. Yeah. And Villa to essentially win out or win seven out of eight or something. But think the the main concern is I don't think the other teams will give up that many points to have that such a swing of points to Villa's favour. But Two home games coming up, Norwich QPR win those two, and I'm sure that the Birmingham Mail will be uh, writing other articles about our playoff chances. Don't, no, let's not, let's not give them any publicity. <laughs> because it's not actually a newspaper anymore. I'm trying to think of what the, what that website's actually like. It would be like opening a newspaper and having a stroke, I think. It's kind of <laughs> like 
<laughs> you know, how do you how do you navigate a website that is advert video advert click under pop under pop over? It's bullshit. And, it's and then and then and then when you do get to the article, it's fifty words that have been recycled from a quote nine years ago by a child that's been interviewed in the Trinity Road whilst buying a program. It's just uh, I don't know. And then they use they, they use any video they can get their hands on just to uh, run their ad uh, revenue. I just hope the people who supply those videos are getting paid for it. G'day, and welcome back to Jednak's Jungle. What a brutal safari this is turning out to be. I go away for a few weeks and all hell breaks loose, but I'm back at centre-back. I've post-Tommy Elphick, the Pommy pre-match post-hugging Wombat. Now I'm on the hunt in the outback for lost souls. Veritu, Calisil, Sanchez, don't let their looks deceive. One wrong move, bam, they sold you down the river. But it's no matter, I can confirm they're extinct. They ain't coming back. And now I've got to spend another season in the lawless depths of the championship. Doing all the dirty work. Probably alone. Forever. Struth. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's let's go on to uh, some of the questions uh, from the listeners because a lot of them cover what's happening at Villa or whatever and, you know, we might as well let them uh, dictate the agenda. Right, first question from uh, Iska Rose on Twitter. Now we've got a decent squad together, how many players do you think we'll need to work hard to keep in the summer? How much would be enough to let them go? Well, I think mm-hmm. we still need more rather than uh, having the complete squad at the moment and mm-hmm. making sure we keep uh, our best 11. We can still get rid of some of these players. I mean, they haven't really proved anything at the moment. But I think in terms of a player that will... Sh- that- if I was looking at Villa's squad, and it's something I hear a lot from opposition fans, I think the one player who we might have the, the uh, vulture circling for is, is Chester. I think Chester is a standout player.
player, footballer in the team, and I, I, this would be the worry next season if we don't get off to a good start that you hit January and yeah, you know, and then the, then it's a real vulture's job. Yeah, that's the only one for me. I, I'd like to. You have this romantic view, don't you, that you think, no, he's in it for the long haul to drag the Aston yeah, back to the Premier League. As we all know, there's no loyalty in football. Bastard. Uh, but yeah, I would say Chester, I would say, let's say Codger, Hurrihan and Lansbury, I don't know if they would go, considering they've only just signed, and they would have known when they signed that mm. they, there was mm. a potential of a season in the Championship. Well, I think also for those players as well, if they're not seen to be improving us, you know, because they're quite central players to a... Yeah. to a team in our position. I, I don't think that they'd have much... Um, you know, they're only going to be going to a sidestepping. I think they need to be seen to be taking Villa somewhere. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a, an orderly queue for the services of a lot of our players, to be honest. Scott Hogan, I don't think he will have chance to show anything above and beyond uh, Villa no. buying him in January. I mean, if a Premier League team wanted him, they could have got him then. And, you know, there was reports that West Ham wanted him and that all fell through at the last minute and, and Villa yeah, slipped yeah. in there. Yeah. So I don't think it's yeah I don't think it's a case of worrying about uh, not keeping any of any of the current squad. I think it's more of what will be uh, the two or three additions that will make a big difference. You know, a, a player to bring a, a bit of unpredictability to our you know forward play would obviously be up there. Obviously, a goalkeeper and somebody to sort out the kind of Yedinak cover dilemma. And then the rest is all you know bonuses, I suppose. Anyway, let's let's move on. James Pearson. Off Facebook says, in the grand scheme of things, is it better for Villa to have a second season in the Championship? Cement the team, and I'll, I'll make I'll paraphrase. Cement the team. A greater uh, team spirit, I think, will make us stronger in the long run. The green shoots are starting to sprout. Do you want to start, or do you want me to rage into this one? <laughs> My view. The Championship is shit. We need to get out SAP. None of this. Oh, let's let's build a team in the Championship. <laughs> No, we get more money no. when you're in the Premier League. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> does, that, does that answer your question, James? <laughs> I think we, we would rebuild this team if we moved up to the Premier League. Uh, yeah. If we got a decent team, we would still buy five five or so players to uh, get it up to the level. I don't. Hmm. It's going to be rebuilt again in the Premier League as soon as we're promoted. So, I mean, I look forward to that because we could just do what Middlesbrough did because we'd be able to buy Gisted. And, and uh, Adama Traore. Just right keep back, recycling it? those players. No, but no, 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 they're Premier League players. We should get them. But seriously, uh, the longer we stay out the Premier League, the, the further we fall back. Mm. And next next season is a big risk because we have to get up next season. It's Doctor Tony. Uh, the two year plan. Well, I mean, I, I, I did a piece, uh, a retort to his tweets uh, where I where I used the examples of his tweets where somebody said, oh, so what's the plan if we don't go up in one season? He said, oh, this is the only plan, promotion in the oh first season. Oh, my God. So it's one of those things where if they don't, it's like, oh, yeah, we will get promoted this season. And there's if it doesn't happen, then it's, you know, rolls on to the next season. And we're given this promise that we're going to get promoted this season again. But the reality is, with parachute payments, and also, you know, Dr. Tony obviously has got plans to get moving, you know, pronto. Mm. And the longer Villa stay in the championship, it just becomes this big stone around his neck. Do you know what I think? I mean, just to, just to close off this question, I, I think we both agree that where we are now, we, we, we're going, hopefully going into the second season in better shape, but we've got to get it right. Yeah. I think the annoying thing is that we, we have almost defeated ourselves at times this season, where if you look at some of the competition and the quality of some of the teams around us, how we've contrived not to get in and around the playoffs... It's baffling. Well, it's embarrassing. 
It is embarrassing. And I'm not so, I do prescribe 1% to people who say, look, we came down with huge, huge issues and major overhaul. Well, we smashed money at this and we brought in significant improvements. I'm not saying it should happen overnight, but hey, we're not in and around. I yeah, what I don't that. subscribe to this, and, and Steve Bruce does say this every week, is ah, that's the championship. Ah, that's the championship. Ah, it's a tough league. Ah, yeah, it's not not easy. Well, I, I think that's bullshit. I think if you get your act together, if you look at the league table, there's only two teams have got their act together, really. Huddersfield have, mm. by an ex- excellent you know, manager and kind of punching above their weight or whatever you want to call it. It'll be interesting to see if they've got the balls to go through the playoffs because uh, mm. Leeds look uh, pretty unforgiving. Yeah, I would agree. But with look that. at the goal differences of Brighton and Newcastle. And, you know, they've just got it together and, you know, Ruffers no mug as well. And they've just blown, you mm. know, blown teams away. Well, I'd say that's the only difference. And, and to be honest, Benitez's managerial now, so I think as as alone got Newcastle where they are. I, I I don't I don't necessarily think Newcastle have got huge amounts of quality, and that, that could see me targeted mercilessly. Yeah. But I don't, you know, when I look at their squad and I look at our squad, there's not, you know, they've got Kieran Clark in the sense yeah. of defence. Because we know, no. sorry, just concluding what you were saying. You know, I I agree that this league is not that great. The quality the quality isn't. Take Sheffield Wednesday. I know they had a, um, you know, we mentioned them briefly, but and they had a, you know, a couple of players missing, but they didn't look like a football team. Yeah who were on the ascendancy and you thought bloody hell yeah they 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 look good enough for the premier league no there was if you'd have if they'd have been six bottom you wouldn't have been surprised yeah i mean i mean i've all the games i've watched this season i'm trying to think of i thought brentford were okay yeah brentford i thought were. huddersfield were decent in both games and brentford in both games as well uh, brighton okay newcastle terrible in uh, right. I mean, the fact that they, yeah, they yeah, weren't yeah. three or four nil up in the first game at Villa Park, they were just almost a, a joke in terms of finishing. And, you know, they weren't that impressive. Even Leeds, uh, they've been, I think Leeds have been more impressive against other teams than they were when they played us. So it's, you know, it's a, that's a hard one to kind of write them off because they, they were lower than us when Di Matteo got fired. So uh, Monk's done a great turnaround job there. So Steve Wright of Facebook says... And Radio 2. Should we offer shorter contracts to players after the ship we've had to tolerate with Inzogbia, Abongahor, Kozak, Richards, to name a few, that have done nothing but bleed the club dry with absolutely nothing back? It's the nature of the beast. When you're after players, players want certain things. They want uh, a good wage per week, and they want the security of a long contract. So... If you're saying, well, uh, mister, we're going to give you uh, one year or two years, uh, some other club comes along and says, oh, we'll give you the same money but three years, then, you know, that's how it works, or five years. Unless you're Gabby Agbon. <laughs> Unless you're Gabby Agbon. <laughs> how did he get mm-hmm. The only short contracts you can really get away with is, like, older players, like, potentially really good players, but a little bit older, mm. who uh, are thinking, well, I'll give it one more season. This time it's personal. <laughs> This this is something I was speaking to someone about recently, really, that the difference between the old football and, and the new football, I'm just about old enough to know the difference between the two, is that I think traditionally teams like ourselves, particularly in the 90s, we could pick up that type of player who was, you know, maybe had that one, two years left in them, who was a top quality midfielder, you know, your Kevin Richardsons and whoever. So, and so you're not, you're not talking about your Robert Perez and uh, your uh, David Ginolas? <laughs> <laughs> well, n- no. Um, but the, the thing about you look at the players now, and there's this there's this migration towards leagues like China and the MLS for those yeah. 
you know, that, those retirement packages. And I'm not saying that we, we would necessarily get some of these players, but they're not even in the market, are they? So there's not, you know, you're not picking up that Frank Lampard for a season or, uh, you know, where traditionally you might have, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a danger. You don't want to me to distract. But sometimes in the championship, uh, I mean, I was going to call them a circus act, but they're not. They're, they're actual players that bring a quality that most championship teams don't have in their locker. Do you know what the most recent one I can think of, and it's and he's, it was a Villa connection, I suppose, is Merson towards the end of his career started dropping down the divisions. Yeah. It was over, only, only over a period of two or three years, but he had he did have success, didn't he? Yeah. He, um, you know, was it Portsmouth maybe he got promoted with or something like that? Uh, but it, that's the kind of you don't see that really, where a player with natural ability that. Because Merson, let's be honest, <laughs> though a fine footballer, was not necessarily the model professional, but very gifted. Yeah. Um, you know that you don't see that very often. But Steve, no. if you uh, if you want to if you want to follow the next player to bleed the club dry, just let's see what happens with Ross McCormack. That'll be an interesting one this summer. Oh my god! Right, next one. Uh, Royston Birkin on Facebook says, "With a fully fit squad, does Gabby make it into the match day 16? Would Bruce be a fool to fit him into the squad and risk upsetting better players? Well, Bruce mm. has been." Uh, What's the word? Carrying a carrying a light for him is that is that the expression? I don't know. I think there's perhaps more context to the Gabby recall because I think the last time we really considered this, this was when we were starting to become more aware of McCormack. Yeah. Um, being on the way, and what it was was there was this. We were all quite perplexed, weren't we? What? What? Why was he getting picked ahead of him? Well, clearly there was issues. Yeah. And he was. Did he have to? And was it sort of tagged onto the bit that Gabby was getting fit and? Though he should never have been unfit, but was he in this? Was he shoehorned into this position where he actually had to pick Gabby? Going forward, I don't, I don't see Gabby being part of this at all. No, I mean, if you remember, Bruce did publicly announce that Gabby was on this six-week, let's say, intensive training plan, and suddenly he was being picked in the team. You know, two weeks into that, so obviously uh, the McCormack issue uh, or situation, should I say, uh, prompted that. And obviously we didn't have that context at the time. Well, the other part of the context was, uh, just, just to put another layer on it, was that that also coincided with Hepburn Murphy refusing to sign a contract. So yeah. we had there was this huge stalemate there where he was actually barred. From, but Bruce basically said, you know, you're not playing until you sign. And we had all the injuries, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and Co- Codger was away. Now I think the dynamic changes because I wouldn't be surprised if, if we were to make a purchase in the summer, going back to the last question very briefly, if if a striker came up, if we managed to offload someone like McCormack, um, yeah, yeah, you know, footballs are strange. Or well, maybe McCormack comes back to his senses. He's not being picked for Forest at the moment, but you never know. Right, next question. Here's a good one. In Mom's opinion, or my old man said podcast opinion, who has been the best manager at Villa since Martin O'Neill? Ooh. I don't like this question instantly. I hate them all. <laughs> Is it? It's kind of like ordering your favourite Nazi officer, isn't it, really? You can't have a favourite. <laughs> what? <It's... laughs> exactly, it's not a question that you can... You know, you can't go, well, Himmler, Himmler was good at, you know. Well, Hulier, uh, he, he, brought Villa, he brought Villa into relegation zone uh, straight away. And mm. a lot about Hulier was, oh, what's going to happen, uh, you know, in the next few years? But I think he mm. was yesterday's man, to be honest with you. I wonder in time, like you say, was it a longer-term view with Julio and was he going to be one of these ones who stepped upstairs after getting the getting the stuff behind the scenes? Yeah. I just felt... I also... That other half was, was, as you say, that 
he dropped that clanger, didn't he? Went to, when we played away at Liverpool and yeah. waved waved at their fans, and and he also said after the game that if I want to lose to anyone, I want it to be Liverpool and that sort of shit. Where you thought, yeah, this guy's this guy's not for it. Yeah. But I refused Tony to order in preference a list that includes McLeish, <laughs> Guard, Eric Black. I mean, it is Sherwood, Dimatteo, Lambert, Lambert, poor Lambert. I mean, oh. I mean, you've got to look at it. Uh, Sherwood had the greatest day with, uh, well, days probably. I mean, you'd what? probably put, put the Baggies game uh, in the quarterfinals and the Liverpool semifinals right up there. Hey, we kept us up. Hey, we kept us up that season. I mean, it was, Sherwood was monumental, singular high moments with, punctuated with terror. With terror and no future. I mean, yeah. Let's okay, just just for the sake of Tony, let's go. Let's just do a sentence on each of them. Julio, we've we've basically covered. He was uh, yesterday's man, and I don't know, was his heart really in it? I think he'd had his best days. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Probably not. I would say. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Gerard. Uh, next. Uh, that wasn't scripted. <laughs> Next, uh, it's Uncle Alex McLeish. Should never have got the job just because of being a manager that got relegated the season before. And then he was never ever going to get a honeymoon period with the whole Blues connection. That was just, like, naive uh, by the board, I thought. Hmm. Um, in, in a sentence, uh, the wrong appointment for all the reasons you've just said. And I think he never stood a chance in that, because it was such an austere time as well. Yeah. For the club, and although you say it, that, and he did, and we bought in Zogbier, Zogbier for on a five-year, uh, Shade Given on a five-year with r- ridiculous wages. Yeah, there was, I, there, uh, I don't know. There, he wasn't really boxing clever. I don't think McLeish was boxing no. clever there on those transfers. Do we have to do this to ourselves, David? Lambert, kind of like taking a string of misery and just stretching it out as far as you possibly could. <laughs> He, he should have been sacked after the Bradford debacle. Yeah. Sacked or a sniper, I don't know. I mean, big clubs, or let's say clubs with chairman with ambition or owners with ambition, would have fired him pretty pretty much uh, after that. Yeah. I think Lambert, Lambert badly lost his way quite early on, and... He was kind of like... He's kind of like the, the attractive girl who you, you, you see in the bar, and, you know, she's got all, everything going for her, and then you get her home and you realise that actually she's got a cock. It's... It was. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. <laughs> but it was. It was a shock because this free, fl- you know, the f- we were singing his name at Norwich, you know, and then and then. But if you're gay, just... that that's that's the win situation, surely. It was, but in this in in this metaphor, we are heterosexual. Okay. Well, we are heterosexual in real life uh, as well. Uh, no, yeah, but it was just desperate. He he tried to reinvent himself a couple of times, and it was. I think if. Uh, Lambert doesn't buy Christian Benteke, who, uh, as McLeish informs, was on Villa's radar before that. Yes. If Lambert doesn't buy Benteke, then Villa are relegated sooner than uh, they were. 100% agree. So, if you have to pick one of these guys, uh, Eric Black obviously didn't win. Uh, Remy Gard, just... Hopeless. Well, he was also led down the garden path of oblivion with no hope. Yeah, it was a thankless, thankless... A thankless task, really, for sure. The, the thing that really annoyed me with Garden was the resignation so early on. And I think that, yes, he got led down the garden path by Fox & Co. Could he not inspire some fight? 
Well, I think he would have resigned earlier if he could. Well, it's a severance payment that you lose if you do. Yeah, I exactly. Suppose. I think it, it, that was like a minimum period or something. I don't know. It was a desperate time, and it's best best forgotten, frankly. But I mean, the question is, uh, who has been our best manager since O'Neill? And 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 I wouldn't say Sherwood just because I don't. Out of all those guys, I don't think he's the best manager. But he did give us our best moments. He has to be the one. But he's not the Tactics best manager. Team. In terms of saving us from relegation and having those two kind of great days uh, mm. in the FA Cup and a big F you to all those people who don't like to uh, play the best teams in the Cup because they want to concentrate on the league. Well, nothing's been happening as far as in the league. So uh, if we just imagine not having an FA Cup run in the last five years. God, I'd be on my knees by now. <laughs> uh, Craig Fisher on Facebook asks, do you agree with Jack Grealish still being in the England under-21s, even though he doesn't feature for us at the moment? Well, I think England 21s is a bit like the Villa youth team. It doesn't really mm. uh, have any uh, correlation almost with the full national team or doesn't mean he's going to get anywhere. There's so many England under-21 players that kind of disappear from the scene or end up in lower league lower league mm. teams. Mm that it's no real big thing. And if he's getting games for the England under-21s, then, you know, all the better. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the one thing that Grealish should be worried about this season is is the emergence of Andre Green, because he looks far more a complete footballer to me than than Grealish does at the moment. Well, I think he he carries more purpose and more threat. Absolutely. You can mitigate that Villa aren't actually playing a way that really accommodates Grealish or where Grealish can be effective, you know, for for yeah. the maximum amount of minutes in a game, shall we say. It's a, we, don't, we don't have possession of the ball. It's a tricky one because top footballers are adaptable as well, aren't they? I'm not saying that you can wedge any player into any situation, but... There's been times when Grealish has been on the pitch that he's been so anonymous or so, you know, he's, this, this thing about him slowing attacks, it's been so obvious that there's something not right there. Um, makes you wonder where, when you do see an Andre Green, who's does quite straightforward things very well, you know, why, why isn't Grealish doing that? Why has it always got to be the, the Hollywood pass or something? Yeah, you want you want somebody to receive the ball and then gets the crowd off the, you know, upon their feet straight away. And Green has kind of done that more effectively than uh, Grealish, and Grealish is meant to be that man. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on to Tim Gopher's question. Do you think Codger and Hogan can play together, or should Hogan be an impact sub? I think Codger should be the impact sub. Ooh, <laughs> controversial. I was joking. But, <laughs> I don't know, I, I think... <laughs> I have I have this vision that Hogan's uh, will become more of a Villa man than Codger will mm. in terms of long term. It's just I like Codger as the the main man because you know he's putting the ball in the <laughs> net and that's exactly what you want. And some of his finishes, t- to be honest, are you know they're top Fantastic class. Mm-hmm. But I can see Hogan playing with another decent striker and making Villa more effective than Codger playing in a four three three that makes any sense it does and i think that we saw when they first joined the club that there's there's not a natural partnership there but that may come that may come but also we're going to face the range of opposition though i don't think necessarily it offers great quality in the championship there's huge variation across the quality of defenses yeah. that i've seen and i mean as we've mentioned we're not scoring a lot of goals so it's not as if uh i mean we've, we've spent a ton of cash on uh, center forwards i mean we've no. How many is it now? Three over ten million. Mm. Well, I think if nothing else, it gives us two very different strikers, and I think that what 
what you'll see is probably what what we're doing now. That there'll be games where you see Codger start as the lone striker, and and when particularly if you want to protect the protect something, and there'll be other games where you'll you'll stick Hogan in there probably alongside him. I think you'll see it dropping in and out. Right. Next question: Daniel Delaney, Adama versus Adoma. Who got the best deal, Villa Borough or Villa? Definitely us. Definitely us. Do you think it's uh, one of the reasons why uh, Mr. Villaburra got sacked? I think so, because he's just... I mean, we'll focus just on on Adama. They have been beguiled like we were beguiled by, I think, probably about 10 seconds of Barcelona footage. And when, when we bought him, I remember furiously researching, like everyone else, who is this kid? And not finding much substance. And then... You know, I follow a, a a Barcelona blog. I think it's uh, Total Barca, and and they they sort of tracked his progress a little bit, and and all none of his lack of progress has been of any surprise to them. Yeah, if you know what I mean. You know that this this kid who was in you know the only Barcelona t- second string to get relegated, and um, you know was dropped from that team. Yes, he made a couple of appearances in the Barcelona senior squad, but for a manager who got sacked and replaced with the really successful Luis Enrique, and before being shipped out for ten yeah. mil. They didn't exercise their buyout clause very early on. It's a funny one because Adama ticks that box at the far end of the scale of, we've just been talking about Greenish, excitement, but with no end product. Yeah, I mean, this this, this devil's advocate, but there's part of me that if this season was a is, is a write-off as it has been, if you got 35 games out of Adama Traore, it would have been fun to watch. Mm. <laughs> it would have been more entertaining yeah, 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 than yeah, most yeah. of the crap uh, we've had to put ourselves through. But, you know, we'd have the same results. Uh, we wouldn't be going anywhere. Let's look at it this way. Adama is one of the most frustrating footballers in a Villa shirt for me. I think he does a lot of things that you can tell you here. But the stats are the stats. He's created 10 goals for us. Yeah. And, and you know what times has been a very, very poor Villa team, I have to say. Yeah. Um, would would Traore have done that? I think we'd have seen him injured most of the time. And I think we'd have seen lots of... Pointless runs very quickly um, before yeah. he was dispossessed or whatever. No, I agree. And that's that's about it. That's about it. I think it's simple for me. Anyway, <laughs> if you've managed to get this far, congratulations, well done, and uh, tells tell your friends to uh, tell your friends to uh, followers. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified uh, before anybody else that a new show has dropped. And until the next show, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye. From him. Goodbye. You'll enjoy a double header as Bakuna's men battle North Korea. <laughs> you'll enjoy a <laughs> you'll enjoy a double header as Bakuna's men battle North Korea in the Falkland Islands. <laughs> sorry, I can't get past Falkland Islands. <laughs> I mean, can we? Do, I don't want. We don't need to dwell too long on Kozak, but have you? What no, a terrible... T- no, okay. uh, next question. Barney Thorne says, My wife found lipstick on my scrotum. Should I tell her the truth? Mm-hmm. Well, tricky one, Barney. Tricky one. But the, the, before we go into it, I mean, the fact that your wife is still interested in getting up close and personal with your scrotum is a is a big bonus in your marriage, I would uh, I would venture. I mean, the only, the only uh, villa lipstick story I can think of is... Uh, in a meeting with Steve Hollis, the temporary Villa chairman, uh, he said, uh, answering the question of what state of play is it with the sale of Villa, he said, well, we're at the stage where basically just got to put as much lipstick on the pig as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a brilliant description of uh, the Villa sale. My old man. <laughs> <laughs>
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.